Welcome to the Learning Experience Show brought to you by eLearning Brothers. I'm your host, John Toda, and this episode is an editor's cut, where we trim the full-length webinar down to just the main topics and most important takeaways. That way you get most of the webinar value in just about 15 minutes, and you can listen on the go. You can always check out the rundown summary on this webinar session as well, and the episode notes will always link you right to the full video webinar on YouTube. All right, let's get into it. During this presentation, we'll go over a few things. We're going to talk about building a game plan and what that actually looks like. We're going to talk about five keys to fun and effective training. We're going to talk about identifying the right game for your objectives, and that's the primary meat of this talk. How you can add gamification to your strategy, and then what measure measuring success looks like. And Nick was actually just talking about that, and we'll, we'll go into that a little bit deeper because I think that you know ultimately games need to accomplish a bunch of things. But if I were to knock it down to two, is one you want to make sure that they are fun, and two you want to make sure they're effective. And the great thing is that games are filled with lots and lots of data, and that will help you understand that. So let's let's get going we have what we call our blueprint, right? And so first thing we do is we step back and we work with our clients to really think about, you know, what, what different training is being done right then and there, what technologies are using and where there are gaps, you know, wh where are there things that are missing in order to really achieve the behavioral change and the, you know, the accomplishments that you want your learners to have. Uh, and from there, then we move on to architecting out a plan, right? And so that a plan obviously is clearly going to address those gaps, but it's thinking about how do you do that? And there's so many ways you can do that, right? So you might by, do that you know, by thinking about building new types of content, building new types of technologies, levering existing technologies, bringing specific partners, really thinking about everything from a 360 degree approach. And I think that's really critical. And then the last thing is really launching that, but you can't just launch it and let go. You need to launch it and really analyze whether the thing is actually working. So, you know, the fantastic thing is that games have just an inordinate amount of data that you can leverage and really understand what's working. And then you can tweak it, which is always important. So I think about what, what makes effective training. And I think that you know, I look, I boil down to really these five things. And I'd say fun and effective training, which is, it needs to be micro. People have very short um, attention spans these days. It certainly needs to be mobile. It needs to be able to go where people are when they want it and where they want it. It needs to motivate them. And, you know, in doing so, it will be memorable. And I think that's really important. And coming back to the data one more time, it ultimately needs to be measurable. How many people here have their, their employees coming to them and saying, gosh, I would love to take your training two, three, four, five times. Unfortunately, not a lot of us, right? And I think that games can actually really play a role in helping boost the excitement around training and the desire to participate and re-participate over and over again. I want to go back to the analogy that Richard gave because I, I love when he talks about that and I really believe in that as well. When I think about his analogy about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I think that you know, the, the training represents a lot of the peanut butter, the meatiness, the stuff that you need. But, you know, if you want it to stick, you need to bring some games in there, right? And I think that the two complement each other so well that if you think about different ways of delivering your content, whether that is traditional e-learning slideware, whether that is instructional design, virtual instructional design, you, if you stick some games onto that to reinforce it 
and make sure that people are engaging with it, it's going to stick a lot more. Now, we're talking a lot about how great games are. They're fantastic. But I think it's important to, to kind of state that not all games can do all things. They're not all created equal. And so I, I've outlined here six different types of games. And quite honestly, there are dozens. But I, I figured, let me start here. And what this, this whole talk about is really thinking about how you'd identify the right game to achieve your performance objective. Right. Ultimately, we want to change the behaviors and the performance and the outcomes of what our employees are doing. And the best way we can do it is by really reinforcing training, in some cases, teaching through gameplay and making sure that people have the opportunity to really succeed ultimately in a virtual world before we put them out in the wild. So I break it down into these six categories. Recall, really, really focus on just true assessment, categorizing things, you know, think about how to use sorting um, as a mechanic, emphasizing things. So we're going to talk a little about branching path, uh, branching dialogue games, articulating. We're going to look at different word games, decoding. So thinking about how do you get someone to investigate a certain situation and really break it down and visualizing and trying to think about getting people to memorize and not just memorize, but really identify key things proactively as opposed to, you know, reactively. Okay. So I'm going to break down uh, these into a few different, we'll go through slides on each one of these, but I wanted to give a few examples of the, you know, the, each, each of these categories. So when you think about recall, we all use trivia games, right? That's, I think that that's, you know, it's starting with something that maybe is less gamey, like a quiz. Um, but, you know, then certainly once you take a, a, a quiz and you layer in a timer system, maybe a point system, a leaderboard, and maybe a streak system, then it starts to take a quiz and makes it a little bit more enjoyable. It makes it a little bit more competitive, in some cases collaborative. Um, we'll talk about that as well, right? Because the idea is you don't want just someone playing on their own. But then there are other mechanics as well that you could do things like this with. So, for instance, we have our match three game. You know, match is a great game. It's Candy Crush, which, by the way, is one of the most popular game mechanics of all time. So, you know, we we have in the training arcade the match, the, our match game, which is, you know, really nice because it has people playing multiple levels over and over and over again. But in between before and in between each level, people are being asked questions. They're being asked multiple choice questions, multi-select questions, image max questions, text, you know, text input questions are asking polls. And so you're, you know, getting someone who's going to take a quick break between a game mechanic to come and actually engage with, but then they're going to go back. They're going to play more and more and more. I'll give you some stats shortly on the amount of play, but it's outstanding. This one and the jump game, which I'll show you momentarily, certainly perform higher than, than, than a lot of our games as far as replayability. Jeopardy. So we've talked about Jeopardy a little bit today already. This is something that I think most L&D professionals have been building in, uh, on their own for years. And now, you know, in, through our partnership with Sony, we have uh, the, the authentic... Uh, version built in collaboration with them. Um, and what's great about Jeopardy is uh, you can have people playing on their own, or once again, you can have people playing together uh, all at the same time. And we'll go through an experience like that certainly today. The last one is an endless jumper. So I don't know if you're familiar with a game called Doodle Jump. You know, it's a you know, silly little game, but the, the, the goal is basically to jump as high as you can, as you want to attract as many boosts as you can, you want to avoid obstacles. And in the case of our game, you want to be answering questions along the way. Every time you answer a question, you get yourself a, a, an additional life. And so there's an incentive to make sure that you're not only getting high, but you're getting answers correct. And so all these games can act as recall games because quite honestly, they're just testing your knowledge on particular information. And you can see that, like I said, the match game and the, the jump game, those ones have a lot of replayability. We're seeing that 
on average, people are coming back five, six times and playing, you know, those games over and over and over again. And what does that do? It reinforces the information that you want them to know and, and gets them certainly to be a lot more knowledgeable on that topic. Okay, let's move on. So the next one is categorizing information, right? So I have two examples here. The first one is sorted. And, you know, this is more about dragging and dropping into the right category, potentially putting it in the right order. So thinking about not just categorizing, but, you know, thinking about processes, thinking about um, order identification. So those are all really easy, easy tools to use, right? And once again, it's about making sure you're giving them the mechanic to place things in the right time, right, right place, but also giving them those incentives, scoring, timers, streaks, leaderboards to make sure that they're going over and over again until they master it. This is one that uh, we, we don't have in the training arcade, but it's one that I, I wanted to point out because it's something that's been uh, one that I've been noodling with recently in my head. I don't know if, if you, you know, uh, remember playing little like pipes games like this or circuit games like this, but what's really neat about a game like this is you're being basically asked to connect two things that relate to each other. And you can start off really easy, like the image on the left-hand side, ultimately to getting to really complex on the right-hand side. Think about, you know, a race against the clock to make sure that you're connecting things that are relevant to each other, avoiding mismatches and, you know, making sure that you're really thinking that through, categorizing it and identifying it and putting that into action. This next category is emphasizing. So thinking about those soft skills, right? Um, thinking about how do you put someone into a real life scenario where they're engaging with other characters, other you know stakeholders, whether it's sales training, whether it's customer service training, whether it's patient engagement, and really having them go down different branching paths. With our scenarios game, you can build this out re- relatively quickly in an hour, maybe two tops, depending on how deep your content is. And it really gives someone the opportunity to simulate those discussions. So whether you're trying to overcome objectives of, you know, someone that you're trying to sell something to, or you're trying to have a heart-to-heart conversation with a patient or with an irate customer, you know, this is an opportunity to really practice those skills. And once again, it's about, you know, going down different paths. You're going to see the repercussions of your decision. You're either going to be able to overcome those objections, or you're going to make them more irate or whatever, but you're going to see in this safe zone what's working and what's not. Okay, next one is being able to articulate ideas. Uh, so there are two word games I'm going to show you here. The, the first one is Wheel of Fortune. I, it has a lot of fun attached to it. You know, you th- think about the Wheel of Fortune brand. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just a fun experience, right? And I, and I don't just mean, you know, because it's a game, but because it has that energy. And we tried to really capture that in this gameplay. You know, the other game that we have is our Scramble game. So, you know, some, some are about, you know, thinking letter by letter. Scramble, by the way, also has a letter by letter, also has a word by word, but it's really thinking through different ideas and be able to articulate them correctly. And if you can articulate them, hopefully you understand them. And if you understand them, hopefully you can act upon them, right? So the, the, the second to last category I have is decoding. And, you know, what does that mean? We built out this game called Detective, which is it, it really requires a, a decent amount of thought from an instructional design standpoint. But what, what I love about it is, one, it can be built very quickly. And two, it's, it allows you as a, as a trainer to really set the stage where you're, uh, you know, using a whole bunch of cases. You know, this could be used for sales environments. It could be used for identifying the root cause of particular issues within an organization. It could be used really to think about 
what the right candidate is for hiring, but ultimately you wanna understand what's your case, what's the situation here. Then you wanna look at, you know, in the background of all the information that you want that sets that case up. Then you wanna look at, you know, the lineup of potential candidates, right? So whether that is, you know, root cause issues or whether it is candidates who are applying for a job and whether they really line with the, the case that you, you have there. And then you want to go from there and you want to go through the deduction. You want to understand, all right, I understand what my needs are. I understand what my, my, my lineup is. And I now want to understand whether they two of them either are a match or they're not. And it helps you really quickly understand what's working or what's not working in the organization. The last game I want to talk about is visualizing or concept I want to talk about is visualizing. And the example I have for that is our recall game. And, you know, this can be used, you you can use video for this, you can use imagery for this, but the whole idea is to really have someone look through a variety of videos or images that relate to a particular topic, have them take it all in. And at the same time, do so in a, in a speed that allows them to answer a question correctly or incorrectly about that or a variety of questions. There's a lot that can be done with this. This is a really neat mechanic because it, the use cases are really manifold. Okay, so we've talked about the different types of use cases and different types of alignments. Let's talk about how you could build those. So as a lot of you are familiar with, we have over at eLearning Brothers, a product called the Training Arcade. And our Training Arcade really offers a bunch of things. It offers those 10 different types of games, all of which you can throw your own branding into. It has five question types, multiple choice, multiple multi-select, image match, text input, polling. It has teen languages and more coming, by the way. It has an SSO integration, and it also allows you to do endless registration fields. And that's important, right? Because at the end of the day, Every company has their own little nuances. So ultimately, you you can add whatever you need to make it custom to what your organization needs. Also, it has the ability to limit the number of questions. Also allows you to limit the amount of game time or the sessions per learner. And this is what I, I heard briefly Nick over at Radius was talking about is we want to find that right balance. Some organizations want to make sure that gameplay is endless and available to anyone, anytime. Some organizations say, you know what? I, I really would like to use games because I think that we can get multiple plays around it, but I want to limit to three or, and I want to limit each gameplay to three minutes or whatever the number is, right? So this gives you the option to turn on or turn that off. The next thing is giving you the option to put in a pass fail requirement. So obviously you know, this comes back down to the data and what's going to be important to you. The option to turn on a tutorial, also to add in context as to why someone's coming to a game. It's not just important for them to know how the game works, but why are they even here? You know, what are they supposed to learn here? What do you want to test them on here? What do you want to make sure they're looking out for here? So that, that's, that's quite easy to do. You can also add any images you want or any videos you want. You can also do that to both the questions and feedback in many cases. Um, so it's, it's important not just to, to provide the, the information, but to do so in a way that's going to be visually appealing and something that they'll be able to connect to and remember, right? Right. Okay. So we've played a lot, we've built a lot of game here, but ultimately this comes back down to the data. And you can see this theme that I keep talking about, data, data, data. And data really, I think, serves two purposes. It serves both on the, the learner side, who has their intrinsic and you know their extrinsic motivations. Their intrinsic is they may just want to be as good as they can be. They might want to be at the top of their leaderboard. So that's for them. But there's also comprehensive analytics on the back end for you, understanding what someone knows, how often they've played, where there are knowledge gaps. Maybe some uh, some information about what can you what can you tell about an individual based on the way they answered certain questions. So, 
The last two things are the option to schedule these games anytime you want or just make them openly available. Uh, and, and finally, publishing. So you've built this game. How do you publish it? Well, there are three ways you can do so. You can publish it as just a URL. You can publish it as a SCORM and, and you know, take that web object and put it right into any of the rapid authoring tools or into PowerPoint or, you know, or just push it out as a text or an email. Um, you can publish it as a SCORM or XAPI file and put it right into your S, or you can publish it as an embed code and layer it right into any website. So super exciting because in just about 30 minutes, Almost all the games I showed you could be built, not all of them, one at a time, but any of the games can be built within about 30 minutes. The effect of this them is pretty phenomenal. We're going to look at some stats shortly. Okay. I think it's good to show a few different examples. So the first one I'm going to do is a chess, the American College of Chess Physicians. But last year, they had a goal of doing over 5,000 play sessions across all the games they built. They have a phenomenal arcade of their own that they've built out, not only using our games through the training arcade, custom games that, that eLearning Brothers has built for them and that, that other vendors have built for them as well. Well, Chess achieved well over the 5,000 sessions. And what they saw was each game session took about eight and a half minutes. So relatively small time commitment, if you will, right? We saw that. Learners played 2.1 sessions per game. And we saw that there was a 27% increase in knowledge between the first and the second gameplay. But, you know, obviously, as we saw here, there's 2.1 sessions. That means several people played well over that. There was a 34% increase in knowledge between the first and third gameplay. This is really consistent with the, the data that we have. So, you know, this is a, a real nod to why games and the effectiveness of games. You know, the other thing that I often want to think about is, so we know the why, but then we think to ourselves, as we're designing games and we're aligning with the performance objectives, we also need to align with the motivations of our learner, right? So, you know, I, I look at this, uh, you know, a classic chart looking at, you know, breaking people down into four categories, your achievers, your explorers, your socializers, your fighters. Well, what do we want to make sure this game does, right? Is it about making sure that people become better at what they're doing. So I, I think that you start, first start by thinking about, here's what I want to train somebody on. And, you know, can this, can this game either help teach it, help reinforce it? Um, and I think that's the first question. And then the second question is, okay, from a, from a tone perspective and from a, a cultural standpoint, is it a good fit? Um, I think that games overall happen to be very good tools. I think that it's about finding the right one for your objective though. And, you know, without really doing that analysis and make sure that you're finding the right match, it's not worth doing. It not, not all games can be used for all purposes. And that wraps up our editor's cut of this webinar session. Remember, if you liked what you heard here, you can just go to the episode notes below and click through to the full length video recording of this webinar session on our YouTube page. And until our next episode, Keep on rocking your learning.